Hey listeners, welcome to another episode of Brown Girls Read podcast. This is your host Aman Tiwana and this is Kathy Thakur and both of us love reading books. On this podcast we bring our favorite books to you and discuss the parts that were most meaningful to us and how we found them interesting or relatable as brown girls. Welcome friends, old and new. The times that we live in seem so politically charged. For those of you who live in the US, we have been grappling with the threat to democracy in these last 4 years. Yeah, and I'm so glad that it is going to change now. Yeah, that is the hope. And our friends and family back home in India have also been experiencing that for about 6 years now, and I can't surely speak about other countries, but I'm sure there are others who feel their basic freedom is oppressed, especially for people belonging to minorities. and the book that we are discussing today brings a lot of this to surface mega majumdar's debut novel a burning follows the lives of three characters jeevan who is a young muslim woman living in kolkata slum languishing in prison her former physical education teacher referred to as pt sir who is recruited into the local right wing political party and lovely a hijra a third gender recognized in india who dreams of stardom The book is set in motion when Jeevan witnesses a group of men torching a stalled train, killing almost hundred people, while the police didn't do anything. When Jeevan shares her feelings about this incident online, she has no way of knowing that she is about to be arrested for the crime and that her post will be entered as evidence. The story is set in modern-day India, where scores have been arrested for writing social media posts critical of the ruling party for merely forwarding a cartoon or a meme. So the political scenario described in the book is horrifyingly plausible and it makes the reading of the book pretty interesting. But before we get further into the discussion, let's hear a quick word from our sponsor. Today we want to tell you about a book by a brown girl. Half Woman Half Grief by Maya Kalaria invites us to grieve. Having lost her mother at the age of 9, Maya has spent her life exploring the myriad of emotions which surround death. In her debut collection of poetry, she maps her journey into the mysterious underworld of grief and the extraordinary lessons she learned in the darkness. A lifelong poet and writer, Maya speaks from a place of truth, trauma and healing for anyone who has experienced grief of any kind, personal, collective, environmental and colonial. She vulnerably explores the desperate sadness, fury and shame she experienced on her healing journey and helps others to do the same. The book is available at www.mayakalaria.com. The story starts with Jeevan who we see is from a poor family and we also see that her phone is like an achievement for her after working for a while she is new to facebook she admires the freedom and that lack of inhibition with which people share things on there and we see that she wants to do the same after the terrorist attacks near her house jeevan writes something on facebook she poses a question against the government asking if the police didn't help ordinary people like you and me if the police watched them die doesn't that mean that the government is also a terrorist and after that she gets arrested also apparently she was chatting to a terrorist recruiter on facebook and these are the charges against her her facebook status is used to prove her lack of loyalty to the state she is charged with sedition for using speech to incite rebellion against the state and she is beaten up and made to sign a confession and she has to stay in prison until her trial which is like a year later how ridiculous is that yeah i agree 
this book has done such a great job of highlighting the current political scenario of india but i also feel like there is definitely some blame that goes to social media and people who think that everything that's posted on social media is the truth oh haven't we seen that in these last 4 years enough like this whole fake news thing yeah social media on one hand has revolutionized the world right by bringing it closer together there are ways where regular people like you and me get to market our products by paying less than 20 dollars on ads something that was never possible before everything is available to you on a click of a button from your food to new clothes to accessories and even caps yeah but what's the price that we are paying for this we are basically guinea pigs in the hands of some huge organizations who are manipulating us and selling our data not only that they are swaying our minds by showing us content that reaffirm what we think and when something is making you believe so deeply about what you think is right you become more arrogant and averse to listening to any other point of view that's why there is so less tolerance among left wingers to listen to right wingers and also vice versa you are absolutely right this is something that i was discussing with my friend just the other day about how divisive politics is today how divisive left and right wing is and so much of it is because of social media right we see that in this story jeevan is prosecuted on the charges that she was speaking against the government on facebook how is that even a crime is it a dictatorship and this wouldn't hurt so much if this wasn't exactly what is happening in real life too i think it was really close to reality the sad part is that not everyone is affected equally by these things like there are so many factors that play a role what's your financial status what's your religion do you have any powerful connections and what's your caste and these are just a few the cocktail of these factors decides how big of a crime it is this is the way this has been happening it's like a plus for me to say anything against the government and you are right how can we call it a democracy it's dictatorship yeah of course and in the book as well it strengthened people's beliefs that jeevan had to be a terrorist because of her religion and she couldn't get out of this because she was poor of course like she couldn't pay off the authorities also if we talk bad against the government we get death threats there have been comedians in india who have gotten death threats for making jokes on modi what the fuck is this world getting to i'm so annoyed I know I have heard of so many people getting attacked because they dared to question the government especially some honest journalists and when you see the female journalists they are attacked even more viciously I remember recently there was either a comedian or a journalist I forget which he questioned a reporter who is basically a puppet or a follower of the current government of Modi government and he was banned from the airlines multiple airlines banned him from flying with them because of that and then we can imagine what kind of democracy this is where even reporters cannot be held accountable or asked honest questions yeah i know and not only reporters even comedians right like he was this guy that you're talking about was a comedian yeah and he was banned from flying on any airlines because apparently he nabbed a reporter this famous reporter in one of the airlines and started asking him questions 
you know that famous reporter got arrested yeah. recently I'm so happy <laughs> but he got arrested for completely different things now he got released as well yeah. he did so much drama like police was doing all these atrocities on him and when he got out on bail he acted like he was some freedom fighter coming <laughs> out of jail just ridiculous and the irony is that this particular reporter or his news channel they follow the party in power all the time so like if tomorrow another party gets elected they'll start following them and they'll start saying good things about them so that has been happening consistently on their news channel so yeah. like <laughs> no backbone nothing yeah right speaking of the party in power i also want to talk about another character in the story pt sir he hasn't been given a name but he used to teach physical training to jeevan his character goes from being a normal pt teacher to basically becoming the right hand of a corrupted leading political party before we go into the story can i say just one thing how this character of pt sir is so relatable to the real pt sirs and i find it so funny that there's just one common national persona around <laughs> yeah you're so right you know in fact when i was reading the book i was remembering my pt sir in school that i had his appearance was also so similar to the one described in the book of this pt sir he was short and stocked old man and in his mind he was being super strict with students but he was so funny in reality <laughs> <laughs> and he used to teach us march past too and i want to take a moment here to talk about march past as well sorry we are digressing from the book but why the fuck did they ever teach us march past <laughs> like maybe someone in school was like what if one day these kids have to walk together in line and follow orders and sing how will they do that we have to teach them march past that's a life skill <laughs> oh man the concept of life skills i think is so twisted in india like only ncc students probably need that skill nobody else yeah i agree and even then like even to ncc students or to soldiers like why is march past taught i have no idea who came up with this concept of walking together in line in sync probably is entertaining to watch i don't know <laughs> <laughs> i think it's a way of teaching obedience like follow our orders do whatever we say that's what it is there's always one guy shouting commands and everyone is following yeah that's true yeah i agree and you know coming back to pt sir's story there's also a lynching that has been described in the book that we get to see through pt sir and i feel like it hits so true to home in a village a poor muslim man is lynched because of a rumor that he has beef in his house and the way that scene is described just stayed with me for such a long time I know I still can't get it out of my head the way mega has written it the violence and everything around it it's so vivid i don't know if it's sad or funny but the fact that in the end we find out there was no beef at all there was just chicken in their house which they were cooking when they were attacked i mean how sad is that yeah and it's the reality right like i have heard news where people have been lynched for having beef in their refrigerators once those people are killed by the crowd they find out that it was actually chicken in their refrigerator and not beef at all and you know over the past years there have been so many instances of people being killed over the possession of beef by hindu extremists but i usually just don't get too much into the detail of the news because you know why should we get into the gruesome details right we just kind of look away and we're like okay this has been happening for a long time and it has become a norm and it's okay fine 
but this is the first time it made me realize from the start to the end of how it must be happening like how a lynching happens and it was so sad also like isn't it just sad that this has become so common that it doesn't even feel like news anymore yeah you're right and i think the book also did a great job of highlighting how this whole cow issue has actually been used to frame innocent people from minorities right and who are these people who have so much anger in them that they just want to kill people over consumption of meat you know it's not about the meat like there are so many cows wandering on the roads nobody bats an eye it's only when they can use those cows for political gains their meat becomes important yeah that is so true you know it's just about oppression of a religion by any means possible and i also think nobody is watching what rich people are eating it's only where these mobs know they can oppress they use these tactics yeah agreed you know rich people can get beef anytime they want i'm sure in india and they won't be held accountable for anything but also one more thing that i realized is who the fuck said that cow is our mother like even the thought of it is so bizarre but now i'm also thinking am i going to get killed over this in india <laughs> well the good thing is kyati i don't think you're traveling to india anytime soon so i think you're yes. safe they'll I'm find safe. somebody else to target by then <laughs> <laughs> coming back to the whole cow is our mother thing everything becomes a mother in india when they need to you know enrage the masses like mother india mother earth and so on but in reality you can see they don't care about any mother be it their real mother or these metaphorical mothers like mother india do they care about the image of india the economy of india like where it's going no mother earth do they care what they're doing to the earth no it's only when they want to riot or kill these mothers these images of mothers come around i totally agree but also do these people know that india is one of the largest exporters of beef in the world <laughs> well that would require some education which i don't think is a strong suit among these extremists i know and you know i'm just getting so furious and my thoughts are all over the place but the truth is that there is no solution to this issue right the government makes a pawn out of us all and we gladly fall into the trap over and over and over again i know i just can't understand the mindset of these people who will blindly follow these leaders elect them repeatedly and just let themselves be brainwashed and used today's episode is brought to you by naked nutrition naked nutrition provides you with pure protein powders and supplements to help you meet your nutrition and fitness goals naked nutrition is completely transparent about their ingredients that way you know exactly what is going into your body no additives means your body gets more of what it needs and i suggest checking out their products Right now you can get 10% off your first purchase at nakednutrition.com by using the code POD that's 10% off using the code POD for first time customers take your nutrition to the next level with naked nutrition Today we want to tell you about donor solutions who are looking for potential egg donors and surrogate women between 21 to 30 years and they have a general good health record for egg donors and women and have had successful pregnancy records They are looking to find good-hearted people who need help conceiving or who want to be a blessing to a couple and help their dreams of a family come true. Go look them up and if you can help, please help. Now, I want to also talk about the third character, Lovely, who is a eunuch. 
I loved how Megha has given us a glimpse of the state of Unix in India as well through this book. On one side, we think that it's auspicious if a eunuch blesses you, and on the other side, through Lovely's experience, we see that a lady went to wash her hands after her hands touched Lovely accidentally. This is so insulting, right? And I was thinking, like, can you imagine if someone washes their hands after they touched you and with a look of disgust on their face? It must break the entire sense of self of the other person. Why can't people be a little more compassionate towards other people? I don't know, man. I've seen so many people act like that. Even about what you said that considering them auspicious, I don't believe that's entirely true. I think it stems more from a fear that a hijra will curse you or your family if you don't give them food, clothes, money at your happy occasion. People basically treat them as beggars. Even worse, like they're more disgusted by hijras than they are by beggars. Yeah, and that's why I think we are responsible for their state of poverty. There are no equal opportunities for LGBTQ at work, especially not in a country like India. Now there has been awareness, but even then, just legalizing something doesn't mean people will change their archaic beliefs and look at things from a different perspective. And no one questions the reality of it. For example, the law in India has legalized gay marriages. But what goes on with people in villages who come out as gay and want to marry their love? And sure, everyone says that there are equal opportunities for LGBTQ in the corporate world now. But how many people who identify as LGBTQ are welcomed in the corporate world in India? I don't think there are going to be many. And there are no stats on that as well. I think there's still a lot of work to be done. And I agree that just legalizing changes nothing. People have to realize the wrongness of their actions and also question their biases before we can actually change anything. I'm currently reading this book by Arundhati Roy, which is called The Ministry of Utmost Happiness. In this book, the main character is a hijra. And through that book, I have gotten so much insight into their lives. Speaking of LGBTQ at work, let's question ourselves. Like, what choice are we giving them when we, as a society, send young children to hijra houses to grow up in just one way? And then we also curse hijras for they are taking away money at weddings and all. And then we call them goons. And nobody in the society stops to question themselves, have we allowed them any respectable jobs? No, we don't want to consider that fact. We don't care how they live, if they live or they die. We just want them out of our sights. I feel it's really hypocritical for a country whose motto is kids are God's gift. Yeah, that's so true. And I feel like we should discuss that book that you're reading on our podcast as well. Yeah, I think that, that would make a great discussion. I'm only like one thirds into it, but I'm loving it. I'm kind of ashamed to say this, but I never bothered to learn much about biological anatomy of a hijra. Only yeah. the book mentioned something which was very confusing to me when that baby was born. Like how it could be mistaken for a boy, but next day when the mother was bathing the baby, she realized that it's not a boy. And then I was like, okay, I'm super confused. What is happening here? So I went and looked up. And you know, it's sad that the number of results is so less compared to if you look for male or female biology. Yeah, there is no real information provided to us in that aspect, right? Yeah, it's so like kept under the covers. 
out of curiosity, I also checked with my friends if they knew about this. None of them. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to pick that book up now. <laughs> now it's time for brownie points. Before that, let's do a listener shout out. Our listener of the day is Cogs Rocks. They say that love the thoughtful conversations. Thanks for taking the time to create the content and keeping it fresh. Thank you so much. We really appreciate it when listeners recognize and appreciate our efforts. Thank you, Gogs Rocks. Okay, now let's get to brownie points. The first brownie point this book gets from me is because of how delicately yet realistically Majumdar has written the accounts of people in a politically charged country. And you get to see both sides. You see the brainwashing, you see the mob mentality, you see people benefiting from it. And you also see the helplessness and bad luck of others. Yeah, that's so true. If you're someone who follows India's political climate, you would be able to actually relate everything to a real incident that has happened in India in the recent past. I also like that there were some chapters with point of view of people who were not the main characters. But those were the chapters that added so much to the narration and the story. Yeah, I think that's part of her writing, right? And it's so different from everything that I have read. So this was a discussion on the book A Burning by Megha Majumdar. Although this is her debut novel, it is on the list of National Book Foundation, American Library Association Award for debut novel, and is also currently nominated for Goodreads Best Fiction and Debut Novel, I think. So if you liked it, go vote for it, because we already did. For our next episode, we have invited Megha Majumdar on the podcast to know more about her, her inspiration, and her creative process. Stay tuned to find out more. And until then, keep listening. Thank you for listening to this episode of Brown Girls Read Podcast. If you like what you hear, please leave us a 5-star rating and a comment. You can support us at anchor.fm slash browngirlsread slash support. Your support will allow us to continue this podcast and bring more episodes to you. Don't forget to subscribe and follow us on Instagram, Brown Girls Read Pod and Brown Girls Read One on Twitter. If you have book recommendations for us, you can leave us a comment or message on our social media. And you can also subscribe to us on YouTube for more content.